0: I'm Gene Harmon, and welcome to the Inheriting Heritage Podcast. You're listening to episode one What is Heritage Interpretation? So, I refer to myself as a heritage interpreter, but what exactly does that mean? What is a heritage interpreter? Heritage interpretation encompasses historical, cultural, and natural interpretation. What do I mean by the term interpretation? Usually, the first thing that comes to mind is interpreting a foreign language, but that is not what is meant in this case. Although I do have a funny story about that, though. I had contacted a museum inquiring if they had any openings for an interpreter. A few days later, I received a call during which I was asked a few, que- few questions. These included an inquiry as to my status as an interpreter. When I explained I was certified through the National Association for Interpretation, she stated she was not aware of that organization, but. If I could prove my certification, it would suffice. That seemed a little strange to me at the time, but I shrugged it off. She said she would get back in touch with me to set up a formal interview. A few days later, she called and asked if I could come by the museum, and when we set up an interview time. During the conversation, she said there was a program she wanted me to interpret for at the time of the interview. I was so excited about an interview with the museum, I did not catch her phrasing at the time, but it started eating at me. They wanted me to interpret for a program the day of my interview, but had been given no subject matter whatsoever upon which to build the program. I decided to call her back and ask her exactly what type of interpretation she was envisioning because I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. She said, well, you said you were ASL certified. Uh, Ooh, The light bulb flashed bright. Oh. American Sign Language Certified. I explained in more detail what I meant by being an interpreter, and she thanked me profusely for calling back and talking it out. It would have been painfully embarrassing for all if I had not done so. So, in case you are wondering if there was a connection to ASL certification, no, there isn't. Um, let's take a couple uh, look at some definitions here. According to the National Association for Interpretation, it is a, quote, communication process that forges emotional and intellectual connections between the interests of the audience and the meanings inherent in the resource. End quote. The National Park Service defines interpretation as, quote, a catalyst in creating an opportunity for the audience to form their own intellectual and emotional connections with the meanings and significance inherent in the resource. End quote. Now, Freeman Tilden, the father of the interpretive field, was the first to lay down the foundation for these two definitions. In his own words, interpretation is, quote, an educational activity which aims to reveal meanings and relationships through the use of original objects, by firsthand experience, and by illustrative media, rather than simply to communicate factual information. He published his groundbreaking principles of interpretation in 1957, by the title of Interpreting Our Heritage. These principles have been the guiding light for the creation of interpretation in the National Park Service, state park systems, museums, and other historical, cultural, and natural sites. His influence has stretched worldwide. They have been analyzed and improved upon, but remain the constant upon which interpretation is based. Let me break it down further. Have you ever visited a park or site whose staff delivers programs in ranger uniforms, period attire, or street clothes? This is interpretation. Guided walks, campfire talks, amphitheater programs, period demonstrations, random conversation with staff. These are all interpretation. Regardless of whether the interpreter is in modern clothes clothes from the past, it is interpretation and should have a goal to be more than just entertainment. It should be designed to educate by connecting the subject of the program to something in the life of the guest. This is where the term interpretation comes into play. We have our modern ideas, norms, taboos, beliefs, and let's face it, luggage that we all carry with us wherever we go. Those same things were much different to people of other eras and even cultures. Their priorities were much different too, a product of the times in which they lived. An interpreter's job is to interpret these things within the context of a different place or a different time, to interpret and make sense of things we cannot grasp as a reality in our own world, to interpret the seemingly foreign language and landscapes of our past and how those things influence our modern world. There are different ways to do this, which I will go into in future podcasts. However, there are three main methods used in interpretive programs. The most commonly used delivery of an interpretive program is called being in third person. This is an interpreter who may be dressed in either modern or period clothes. This sounds very familiar to anyone who has attended a ranger-led program at a state or national park. The majority of tours and programs at sites are done in the same manner. The program is delivered from a modern viewpoint, readily using modern references and speaking of the past. A first-person program is characterized by an interpreter who is in period attire and portraying a specific person from the past or a generic composite character, discussing events or things relevant to the particular site you are visiting. They speak in present tense concerning the era they are depicting. Now, math is not my forte, but I believe there is a two between the one and three. And there is some debate among interpreters uh, as far as what second person actually is. But a third method is referred to as second person, but does not refer to the interpreter. Instead, it focuses on the involvement of the guest. If the program contains a hands-on element or pulls the guest into the program scenario as a participant, the guest is having a second-person interpretive experience. This gets a little confusing, but this type of experience occurs whether or not the interpreter is in first or third, or in modern or period attire, and simultaneously with the actions of the interpreter. So the interpreter can be a first or third, and if they're doing something I said which pulls the guest in, while they're doing first or third, the guest is in the middle of second person themselves it gets a little confusing but a positive experience for the guest is one of the goals for interpretation the interpreter wants the guest to be a repeat visitor to bring people back with them to spread by word of mouth their experience so others want to come and see for themselves no not every guest will react this way it's not that easy it is always a challenge my favorite tilden principle is the chief aim of interpretation is not instruction but provocation. Get them to think. In the summer of 2013, I worked in Denali National Park and Preserve portraying a 1941 park ranger. I did my interpretive programs at a 1924 era cabin about 15 miles into the park, just off the park road. Tour buses would bring 100 to 150 guests at a time for each program. I was told by someone that none of these guests cared about the history of the cabin or the history of the park. Why did not I bother? They just wanted to see all the animals. They wanted to see the mountain out from you know, behind the clouds. That's what they came for. They could care less about the cabin. I looked at them and without missing a beat, I said, if just one person leaves my program encouraged to act or stimulated to learn more, it is worth it. Confused, they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying if your program gets through to only one person out of 150, it's worth it? Smiling, I nodded my head and said yes. You see, the effects of interpretation are not a given. It has to be crafted in a way which provokes thought and encourages further involvement from the guest after they walk away. It is wonderful to be able to see the proverbial light bulb flash above the guest's head, uh, the spark in their eye, but the reality is the interpreter rarely experiences the revelation of the guest. This new viewpoint they have just heard often needs to be digested by the guests, or they want to research the subject more on their own. This can get tricky when it comes to emotionally volatile issues such as slavery or wolves. In our modern world, good interpretation is needed now more than ever. Natural, cultural, and historical myths and stereotypes need to be challenged. No subject can be fully explored without understanding every side. This is the challenge of the modern day interpreter. Embrace it. I sincerely hope this has answered some basic questions about what a heritage uh, historical interpreter is and what they do. Inheriting heritage provides interpretive consulting, interpretive training, and heritage interpretive programs. The programs are done in more of an interactive style instead of straight dissemination of information. Consulting ranges from fine-tuning existing programs to development of new ones. It is not era or subject specific, but geared toward the process of interpretation and how it can best be utilized at your site to engage guests. Interpretive training is based on Freeman Tilden's founding principles of interpretation and styled after the methods of the National Association for Interpretation. I have also been approached by members of the sales and marketing fields who are interested in adapting my training to improve the effectiveness of their respective staff. Qualified as a certified interpretive guide with the National Association for Interpretation, Inheriting Heritage LLC has developed and implemented interpretive programs at state parks, national parks, historic sites, and museums. Before I go, I would like to send a huge shout out and thank you to my wife, Amy. She has been a constant source of encouragement pushing me to chase my dreams and provided invaluable input. This podcast and my interpretive endeavors would not be possible without her support. Thank you for listening. And I hope you will listen next time to the inheriting heritage podcast. This podcast was written and produced by me, Gene Harmon manager of inheriting heritage LLC. The music playing in the background is wild Dew by audio result. The opening and closing music is Cantina Rag by Jackson F. Smith. If you have any questions or want to know more, please visit my website at inheritingheritage.com. Whether it is the natural world, our cultural world, or our historic past, it is a heritage which belongs to all of us, a heritage we have inherited together.